Good morning. It's so nice to be with you this morning. Um, I have a question for you. How many steps do you think it takes to walk 800 kilometers? Just think about it for a minute. If you have Fitbits and you're counting your steps, you're going to be at an advantage to the rest of us. How many steps do you think it takes to walk 800 kilometers? Hands up if you think it's over 100,000. Over 200,000? Over 300,000? 400,000? 500,000? 600,000? 700,000? 800,000? 900,000? A million? Okay, we're going to stop there because it takes about a million steps. It takes about a million steps to walk 800 kilometers, and I should know because I walked 800 kilometers on the Camino de Santiago in Spain, an ancient pilgrimage path. Millions of pilgrims have walked it since the 8th and 9th centuries. How many people have heard of the Camino de Santiago? Oh, yay. How many have walked on the Camino? Okay, so if you've never heard of it before, I predict that at least one of you will find yourself on the trail in Spain, and someone will ask you, now, how did you first hear about the Camino? And you'll be like, there was this girl in this chapel service, and she was talking about the Camino. I hope that that's the case, because it is one of the most profound and beautiful experiences, because pilgrim, pilgrimage is the outward expression of an internal journey, and the Camino is saturated and soaking with spiritual metaphor. So I'm going to share a little bit about my experience. This picture here that we're putting up is me in hour one and a half of 32 days of walking. That girl had no idea what she was in for. But that girl knew that she was facing west and she was going to keep walking. And she wasn't quite sure what she was going to need to keep going, but she was committed to walking this path. And so at the end of that day, I found myself around a table with other pilgrims who were from Germany, Austria, the Netherlands, Switzerland. And we were all sitting there, and there was a student, he was about 21 years old, from Germany. And he was basically telling us about all the things he had been studying about the Camino. And this is day one. And so we were all eager to hear. And he said, you know, there's this ancient pilgrimage greeting that pilgrims would use. And it's in Latin, and it's utreia, utreia. Now, any Latin scholars here will know that that roughly translated means keep going, onward, and upward. And have you ever had an experience where you hear something and you just, something leaps inside you, and you know that you have to hold on to it, and you don't even maybe know why? Well, when, when he said that word, utreia, I just, I was captivated by this idea of onward and upward, keep going. I had no idea how this would make a difference in my pilgrimage, but I ended up writing this word down. I completely butchered the spelling, and I just held on to it. And I'm wondering what you, as you're sitting here, feel like you need to keep going on your path, on your journey of faith. What is it that you need to keep going? Maybe in these next couple of months, you know, maybe you're staring down graduation in the spring, or you're trying to find a job, you're trying to figure out what your major is going to be, 
I don't know what it is that you're feeling like you need to hold on to, to keep going and to walk this path well. But today we're gonna to talk about four things that I think is gonna help us. And you're gonna see them on the screen here. We're gonna think about seeking the sweet, embracing our pace, leaning on others, and keeping the long view. So the first thing is seek the sweet. So these 32 days of walking were full of incredible experiences. Tastes, smells, sights, sounds. And you can just see some pictures on the screen of my experience on the Camino. And I literally could talk to you for days about the beautiful experiences of traveling through Northern Spain. 32 days of walking and without much else to do, except notice but what was around me. There was a lot of times I was thinking about my past, a lot of times I was thinking about my future. There was a lot of times where I was just walking and noticing and I was experiencing the world as I was walking, smelling, tasting, listening, and it was just an incredible experience. Now, how many people here are maybe going to go into neuroscience? Anybody here? Maybe. You should. It is, it is a fascinating and a very exciting field and lots and lots of new research has come out in the last 20 years. Um, here's a couple of things you may not know. In 2000, a study was done and our attention span was 12 seconds. And they did the study again a couple of years ago and the average attention span for a human being is eight seconds. It's dropped dramatically. Guess how much the attention span is for a goldfish? Nine. I'm not kidding you. We are losing our ability to pay attention to the present moment. Here's another thing that you should know. 80% of our time is spent thinking about the future or thinking about the past. 20% is thinking about the present moment. And 40% of the stuff that we thought about yesterday, we're gonna think the exact same thing today. These are really important stats for us to pay attention to because we have lost our ability, we've atrophied our ability to pay attention to the present moment. So when Paul in Philippians says this, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise and keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, and then the God of peace will be with you. I'm sure Paul was talking about think about the things from the past and think about the things from the future, sure. But I'm wondering, what lovely, admirable, noble, praiseworthy things are right in front of us right now that we should be paying attention to. There's a lot of conversation these days about meditation and mindfulness and gratitude practice, and I think Christians should be the first to dive deeply into these things. Another stat for you, for gratitude. Good thoughts, happy thoughts, thoughts that make us feel grateful, they are much harder for us and for our brains to grab onto. It's like they're Teflon, they slide right off. But thoughts that are negative and critical, it's like Velcro. Instant thick. I mean, imagine getting 100 emails, 99 of them which are amazing, and one of them which is not. Which one do you remember? 
the one, right? It takes 15 seconds for us to focus on something with deep gratitude in order for it to stick with the same amount of potency as a negative thought, which just sticks instantly. So I say all these things because if you want to keep going well, if I want to keep going well, I need to seek the sweet now, in these moments, and to train myself to savor these things. Seek the sweet. Second one, embrace your pace. Here's a picture of my toe. It's the tamest picture of a, my foot I could, I could show you because everything else is pretty horrible. There's a bruise on that toe because the other toes were kind of on top of the toe as I was walking because my shins had completely exploded. I had like the worst shin splints in the world. And my pace slowed down immediately. All my friends that I had been walking with for 13 days, they kept going and I slowed down to like a turtle pace and I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to keep going. My vulnerability, my weakness, my brokenness was getting in the way, or so I thought. But you know what? It was the very first time that I had experienced my own vulnerability and my own weakness, and there was no self-judgment. Because normally, I'm full of self-judgment when my vulnerabilities and my weaknesses are present. I don't like them. I have news for all of us. I'm not okay, and you're not okay. <laughs> I am full of strengths and beauty and wonderful gifts, to, and I am full of fragility and vulnerability and ways in which I mess up. That is what makes us human. And for me to embrace my pace in those moments meant that I had to recognize that my vulnerability of my shins was okay. That I didn't have to pretend that it wasn't okay. In fact, I had to look for the gifts in it. I was meeting people I never would have met, and they were meeting me. And I would never, they would have never met me, been influenced by our stories, had my pace not slowed right down. But in our lives, when we feel weaknesses and vulnerabilities, we are quick to put on masks so that no one will see those things. And we want other people to put masks on as well, because we're very uncomfortable with people's weaknesses, unless we're trying to lord it over them. Isn't that true? So what would it be like to be a community where we embrace our pace, acknowledging that we're full of strengths and full of weaknesses, full of gifts and full of vulnerabilities that are meant for one another? You know, we hear in scripture, my grace is all that you need. My power is made perfect in your weakness. I mean, do we really believe that? Seek the sweet, embrace your pace. The third thing is lean on others. Lean on others. So this picture here is a classic pilgrim meal. Oftentimes when you would stay in these pilgrim hostels, you would be meeting people for the very first time from all over the world around that table. There were 12 different countries represented. And do you know what? We had different ideas about the world, different faiths, different languages, different customs, different histories, but we were all fellow pilgrims. And the only thing that mattered was the most important thing that mattered. And that was that we were just fellow pilgrims on the way heading towards Santiago. And I could not have done that without them, and they could not have done that without me. 
whether it was the encouragement, the keeping the eye out for one another, sharing water with one another, buying each other snacks and meals, or just really sharing the camaraderie of the experience because sometimes it was very challenging. We had to lean on each other. And if you're wondering, what is it going to be like for me to get through these next few months? How am I going to keep walking well in this journey, this path that I'm on? It's made by walking. It's made by walking with others. It's made by walking, by seeking the sweet. It's made by walking, by embracing the pace that we're walking on. It's made by walking. And then the last thing, keep the long view in mind. So I walked for 32 days, and there were moments where I wasn't sure I was going to be able to put my feet in my boots. I would often get up very early in the morning while it was dark. I would be sitting on the bench in this dark Spanish countryside trying to get my boots on, not sure if I was going to be able to walk another day. And I just in those moments had to imagine what I had been imagining before I even left my home, and that was to arrive in front of the Grand Cathedral in Santiago. And when I YouTubed that before I went, every single YouTube video I watched was a bagpiper going crazy for pilgrims entering this big square. So I kept thinking about this bagpiper, I kept thinking about the, the pilgrims and everyone celebrating, and I just needed to keep taking a step forward. I needed to keep the long view in mind. Even when I was 600,000 steps away from Santiago. So on the last day, I'm walking. I have about five hours of walking to do on that last day, about 20 kilometers or so. And it is pouring rain. It's the type of rain that if you're inside and it's raining like that outside, you're just like, I'm going to wait till it kind of blows over. I mean, you just don't walk in this sort of rain. But I walked in this rain, and it kept raining harder and harder. And I'm thinking, well, I really hope that bagpiper is there. But at that point, I was okay, right? I only had a few hours left to go, and there was a lot of adrenaline, a lot of excitement, and I was going. And as I'm coming into Santiago, I'm getting closer and closer to the square. Guess what happened? No bagpiper. No bagpiper and no people. I was literally like one of the only people walking into this square. And do you know what? It didn't matter at all because I had arrived. That landing in that square represented the end of this part of the journey. That this part of the struggle was going to be over. It didn't matter if it didn't look exactly like it, but I kept the long view in mind. I fixed my eyes on something ahead. And we hear in scripture some really, really important words. This is from 2 Corinthians 4. This is why we never give up. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. In Hebrews, it says we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. What does it mean for us to, to walk in a way that we're keeping our eyes fixed on something that we may not see, we may not know, but we have to have a deep faith for. How are we going to keep going on this pilgrimage of life that we're on? We have to keep taking one step and then the next step 
and we keep our eyes fixed on something that we may not see, but we have a deep hope for. So here's a picture of me arriving in Santiago. That big green thing is my poncho, because it was really raining. I didn't care, there was hardly anybody in the square, the bagpiper was nowhere to be found. I had arrived. My pilgrimage to Santiago was complete, and I was able to rest and to celebrate. This is the hope that we have. As believers, we know that our steps are for something, are toward something. If we are looking for ways for us to take a step and then another step and then another step to keep going on this journey, we want to be able to seek the sweet in the moment right now, pay attention. We want to lean on others, embrace our pace, and keep the long view in mind. That word Utrea, I had no idea on that first night that I would see it it was on signs, it was painted on overpasses, it was written on stones. I saw it everywhere. It was this beautiful reminder to keep going and to keep going well. And so that's my prayer for us, that we would just be looking with one another for these little signposts that remind us to keep going. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful that you walk along with us. You lead us, and you're before us, behind us, and all around us. God, help us to look for you, to seek the sweet, to acknowledge our vulnerabilities and fragilities, and embrace our pace, the pace that you've given us, to lean on others, to walk with fellow pilgrims, and then to just keep the long view in mind, to follow the hope that you've planted deep within us. We ask for your help as we keep going. And we pray this in your name. Amen.